This is Michelle Bell, ASI's Editorial Director, here with Taylor Tadmar, the 2019 Counselor Supplier Entrepreneur of the Year, or as I have called him for many years, the Crazy Israeli. Hello, Taylor. You gotta love that. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Congratulations on your very well-deserved award. Thank you very much. You are so welcome. And, you know, I was reading the story, the counselor story, uh, that John Corrigan wrote about you for your award. And I knew, obviously, that you emigrated from Israel, but I didn't realize that you were 13 when you did. Where did you live in Israel? Well, first, I, got, I paid them a lot of money to be nice to me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> where did so you live where, in Israel? Where in Israel? I grew up in a town called Ranana. What is that? It's like 20, Ranana, okay. like banana, but with an R. Gotcha. It's about 20 minutes out of Tel Aviv. Now it became like a tech hop, hop spot. It's like really trendy. Really? Yep. So my parents sold their place, I think, in 85 for like 80 grand, and now it's over two, $2 million. So, you know. Wow. And they brought you here because they, they wanted you to have a better opportunity, which, of course, looking at how you've grown TechWeld, which, of course, is based in New York. I'm looking at your numbers here. TechWeld sales grew 25% in 18 and over the past five years, your revenue has jumped a staggering 300%, which is certainly just some of the reasons why you garnered the award this year. So again, congratulations. Thank you very much. I think it's some, something I thought was interesting, you talked about what it's like to be an entrepreneur and starting out and that you really, you know, look, you didn't have the money for reps and you didn't have the money for multi-line or factory reps or, you know, a lot of the things that a larger company would and you relied on guerrilla marketing. Can you kind of talk about what it was like when you first started out? Because I think this industry has got a lot of entrepreneurs, Taylor, and that they might find it useful to, to know how you started, somebody who's clearly had a lot of success. So, you know, while we're in college, um, my job was, you know, we, you know, my friends were all promoters for clubs. And the reason why I helped them out is so I could get into the events for free and <laughs> bring other friends for free and be around, you know, good looking people. Um, so, you know, we did a lot, they did a lot of guerrilla marketing, basically, a lot of printing and gave it out to the beach and different places to get people in. It's the fastest way to reach people. The internet, you know, back in the 90s wasn't as powerful. Mm -hmm. So you got to do what you got to do to get people down. And when I came into this industry, um, you know, we were nobody. We were tiny. And how do you, how do you get yourself out there? Yeah. So what we did was we, every single ASI show, what we did was we bought our own scanners. And anybody that passed by the booth, didn't matter who they were, and probably many times they were suppliers, we scanned them. So, you know, we built our own, we built our own mailing list, and we used to create our own um, email blast mm -hmm. and send them. Also, um, every, you know, at the time, you know, Josh was probably one of my, of my first friends in the industry. Josh Goodelman from Liquid and, Mark? Yeah. yeah. And I owe a lot to him. He knew a lot of people. Uh, he introduced me to you and to Ron. Ah, and, Mr. Ball, you know, Ron Ball, Uncle yeah. Ron. And Ron really helped me get to know people at the, at the, at the Ron Ball Bar Mitzvahs. Yes, the fame dinners. <laughs> yep, which were awesome. We missed those since yeah. I don't go to as many events anymore. Uh, to many shows. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so what we did was Josh and I would jump on a plane, land in a city, and spend the next week go from you know, distributor to distributor, whether we booked meetings or just show up. And one of the things that I did before, because I always wanted to get that wow factor from them, is 
I'd have my graphic designer, and I always made sure to have internal graphic designers mm -hmm. and more creative ones. I would go to the distributor website. I would grab um, their logo, which is a JPEG that we have to redraw. I would grab colors, slogans, and images, and I would show up at their door with, you know, 25 microfiber, 25 uh, sanitizer sprayers, and 25 lip balm with their logo on it and give it to them, and they would say, wow. And yeah. every single meeting we would walk out, they would say, you know, that was the best meeting I ever had. And, you know, that's how, you know, we kind of built the business. And then, you know, the next step was once I can afford, I use that with factory reps. And after that, you know, sorry, first we use uh, multi-line reps and then factory reps. So to juxtapose that, what year did you guys start? When did you start the company? Uh, well, it seems like it's three days ago, but <laughs> supposedly it's like 15 years ago, 16 years ago. I'm not really good with, with time. I, I judge time by how old my kids are. Gotcha. So you started with, uh, it sounds like on a shoestring, with 1,800 square feet, and now you have over 300 employees out of an 84,000 square foot factory. Is that right? So we're close to 100,000 now, so we have four locations now and about 350 employees. Well, that's amazing. And tell me about some of the basic products that you guys um, sell that have gotten you to where you are. I know, obviously, the hand sanitizer, the lip balm, the microfiber. What do you see as some other trends, Taylor? Um, I know you have a really good eye because I've been overseas with you. We've been to Asia together. I know you have yep. a good eye for emerging products. What do you see as some of the hot trends? So before going to that, I'll tell you, the reason why I'm in lip balms, for mm -hmm. example, is because when I only had 1,800 square feet, and I was looking for an item to start carrying. I was trying to find something that's small. Yeah. And from the beginning, which was like, you know, and I guess it was uh, in 2001, too, I said it's got to be four-color process. So lip balm with four-color process is definitely going to put us on the map. And I can, in the beginning, you know, we were rolling them by hand like joints. You know, we would print <laughs> We would... I would buy the paper, pre-kiss got the label to shape. I would run it on a, on a Xerox four-color process machine and then peel them one by one by hand. I still can't roll, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you and me either, sailor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so when you ask me, you know, when you ask me about trends, um, you know, one of the things that we try to do is always, you know, look at items that are everyday use. Uh, that's how hand sanitizer came along and uh, lip balm and stuff like mm -hmm. that. Um, you know, consumables are great because when they finish them, they got to buy more. Yeah. Um, we try to find items that people want to share with other people because, you know, the more they look at a logo, the more it becomes a mental note to them. Sure. Four-color process, items that can take four-color process have always been a big thing to us, whether it's the mint, the tissue packs, and stuff like that. And, um, you know... You try to look at stuff that's retail-oriented that you can bring to the promo business because, you know, a lot of people look for what's already out there yeah. or stuff that they see. You know, we, what we learned was, in the beginning, I brought to this industry the credit card sanitizer. We were the first person with the credit card sanitizer, and we didn't pack it, and then everybody copied us, sure. and I was really upset. So then I came up with my own patent, and I made the credit card sanitizer in a round shape. Mm -hmm. And you know, one of the suppliers copied it. I ended up sending them a system to assist, and I said, hey, if you want to sell it, we'll just work on a royalty. I never heard from them, so we were the only ones with it. What I learned from that is 
that something that has a patent, you know, we were selling four or 500,000 pieces a year, yep. where the item that I didn't have a patent and everybody copied, we were selling five million pieces a year. So I think in the Maploma business, having patents is not always ideal unless it's the next best thing to slice bread, which not not doesn't come around every day. Well, I was going to say, you have a fairly shrewd eye, I think, when it comes to the, the next hot thing. What has wowed you? Because you're pretty, you're pretty, I think, um, difficult to impress, you know? So what what's product or what trend has given you pause as far as going to be the next hot thing? You know, I always also look at, there's a lot of products in our industry that suppliers are buying overseas and then, you know, flying them in, which... The price is low, but the transportation takes longer and it's high by air, and the item has to be small. Like for the microfiber, when I started doing microfiber, you know, you had one ASI supplier that was doing it. It was expensive. There was a lot of them that were buying them in China. We were all from the three weeks, and I just looked at it and figured out the spread. If I can put it together and make it here, it would sell, and you know we we've we've always had like in the beginning people told us you know you're a little secret I don't want you to get out but we always had a good following from our local people and people we're friends with so kind of like something we bring in takes off relatively fast if it's good so we also have to be ready for it so mm-hmm. you know so that that always worked out. So tell me in all these years of you being an entrepreneur. Give us some, because I think people learn from not only successes, but mistakes as well. What can you point to, Taylor, as, you know, a mistake that you learned from that you were like, ah, you know, I wish I would have done that differently that you can Go to school them. and become a doctor. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you would never be happy doing that. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. I don't like blood. <laughs> um, you know, you know, to be, to be... A success entrepreneur, I think you got to be crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, check. You check and check. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, organization and time management is very, very important. Um, prior to this, I was a stockbroker for four years. What I learned is, you know, you always have to create lists of what you're working on. Um, you have to create goals and timelines. And those goals, you got to give yourself time when you want to get them done, and you check mark them if they're done or not. Uh, the most important is probably surround yourself with the right people. Yeah. You can do it all yourself. Did you not you know, Did you not realize that at first? Did you have to learn that? Uh, well, in the beginning, you can't really afford good people, mm-hmm. so you kind of make do. And you, when you can afford somebody good, um, which we did in the beginning, we had some good people, but, you know, you've got to make sure that, you know, the reason 95% of businesses don't last is because of management and money. Mm-hmm. So you got to really stay focused on those three things together, people, money, you know, and management, and it takes time. It takes time. You know, this business almost um, violates every other business rules. You know, where are you going to find another industry where the people are doing, you know, sublimation and offset printing and pet printing and screen printing and UV printing and making lanyards and you know, doing a million different things outside of this industry, somebody who makes banners makes only banners for a living. Sure. You know what I mean? So you kind of, you got to be jack of all trades here <laughs> and a master of none, <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, again, congratulations. And uh, before we go, what was the piece of advice you just shared with me that you tell your kids? Because I think it's so you. Something about when you rest, you... 
You rest, you rust. <laughs> and you know what I tell my daughter? I'm my 13-year-old, like a little genius. Yeah. And I say, to, I'm say Ash, I said, when I was young, I used to try to sit next to girls like you. <laughs> that's a great you know, thing to say, actually. And that's something that I've always done. I, I always try to find somebody who made it and try to not copy them, but try to learn from them. Sure. And if it took them 20 years to do what they did, if I can learn what they did in six months and improve on it, I saved a lot of time. So who was instrumental to you then in the beginning? Josh, you said, Josh Goodelman, Ron introduced well, jo- you to some Well, people. Josh is an amazing guy. You know what I mean? Josh's people skills are incredible. Yeah. Um, I love, I'm a little more loony with that stuff. Like, I love talking to people about business. Yeah. People that I can relate to. You know, Ron was awesome. He had great, great... Um, you know, people skills. Yeah. And then, you know, after Ron, Chris has been my woman at ASI, which she's been amazing. Chris Lovell, sure. Yep, she's been amazing. And really, she, opposed to Ron, where Ron was all fun and play together, Chris literally analyzes the analyzing. You know what she I mean? does. She knows the data, yeah. that's for sure. She really likes data. She does. She does. Which I kind of, you know, comes in one ear and goes out the other. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where it comes to getting the right people. They can yeah. analyze the data for you. Well, crazy Israeli. I uh, I look forward to hearing your speech for sure at the counselor banquet. And I congratulations. can't wait to doing it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> congratulations again. Nice talking Thanks, to you. Thanks, guys. You got it. Bye-bye.